0: heard of you know you tend to hear a lot of the names of our missionaries and you might even be able to name which country that they're from uh, but it's certainly a privilege that you, you know the reason we wanted to spend November emphasizing missions is we had so many of our missionaries in town visiting us um, so we are blessed to have Ara with us this morning um, after spending several years uh, pastoring a church, Hargeris has, has since been serving in the Greek Bible College, uh, the only evangelical Bible college in the whole country of Greece. Uh, so that's where he's been ministering, and his family is have their hands in so many other ministries going on in Athens uh, and, and in the country abroad. And you'll, you'll, uh, uh, if you were here last night, you got to hear uh, just the update of the things that are going on in, in, in their family from the Damaris house. Uh, to uh, uh, to the uh, Albanian church plant the uh, and Petaluda the, the the Gypsy kids learning center where, where Mark is serving and, and and teaching there so it's just uh it's just really a blessing to have this family and that we get to pray for them as much as we do and to be able to hear uh, our gears uh, preach God's word this morning so brother would you come on up. Good morning
1: everybody. Uh, it's a great blessing to be with you. I'm moved as I remember the 10 years that this church is working with us as missionaries and you have prayed for us and you have supported us. And um, you shared the blessings and the difficulties and the trials and the agonies became yours and the praises our praises became yours also. So we thank you for that. Now, your leaders, your pastors are very brave to invite me to preach with my broken English. And they take chances that they will not be paying off. So please be kind with them this morning after you see them. Tell them, you know, like, thank you, Pastor Lewis. We know that you meant for good. And (laughs) Pastor Gary, is not your fault. And we love you nevertheless. These kind of words. I thank the Lord for this privilege. Who am I? Oh, my prayer cards. <laughs> yeah, there is a prayer card when you come out, and uh, this is from last night here, and there is also a brochure. If you like to pray for our ministry, I will take this uh, aside. Who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? All the analysts agree. That the economic crisis in Greece was a violent wake-up call in the harsh reality we now live for ten years. No more living in a lie. No more living above our means. No more illusions of prosperity based on foreign borrowing. The dream that we are experiencing became our nightmare. The economic crisis was not a wake-up call only for the general public, but also for the Christians, especially in Greece. We had to re-examine. We need to remember who we are and to re-examine what we are doing. We had forgot that we are in a battleground, and were acting like we are in a playground. But what about you? Are you awake, or you need a stronger wake-up call? From the first verses in the Gospel of Mark, that we just read, the Evangelist takes us to the desert. And he keeps us there until the end of the introduction of the book that we just read. John the Baptist appears in the desert to prepare the way to the Lord. Jews came out in the desert to repent and get baptized. Jesus came out to the desert to be baptized and be tempted by the devil. The desert is not just a strange place. Strange place, if you consider that we are in this beautiful mountain full of trees, like a forest. It's not just a strange place. It is a theological hint with a prophetic significance. Jews, in the day of Jesus, needed to return in the relationship to God they had during Exodus. Jews. Needed a new exodus, and we too. As Israel, which in order to enter the promised land they had to go through the hostile desert, we too, in order to go where Christ will eternally be our King, we need to go through this foreign and strange and hostile desert, while this world is always. A foreign and hostile desert for us. We do not see this world many times clearly for what it is. We forget. Greece is my desert. This is my mythological perspective. US is your desert. Not to abandon, but to work, to water, to turn this desert green for his kingdom. This is your calling. May the Lord clear our minds and our spiritual vision today to see this world for what it is and understand again our mission. I hope you are wake up from the word of God and you will not need a more violent wake-up call like we needed in Greece. In my first set of notes, I had made a typing mistake. And I spell desert with two S's. Instead of desert, I read as dessert. So my three points at that point was witness the dessert, leave the dessert, fight the dessert. And my concluding remark, very impressive, it was witness, leave, fight, until the dessert becomes filled with God's glory. <laughs> the problem is that desserts are always filled with God's glory <laughs> and with unnecessary calories. So let's change subject and speak about the desert that keeps us fit and healthy. So let us see our first point. You are called here in Signal Mountain to seed, to sow with your witness until this desert becomes a garden. I will read again verses 1 to 4. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. As it is written, In Isaiah, the prophet, I will send my messengers ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the path for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance, of the forgiveness of sins. The good news of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all the prophetic hopes of the Old Testament. And there was a specific prophecy of a herald in the desert that would proclaim Christ's arrival. The way of the Lord in the desert is the new exodus that Jews needed to return spiritually from exile back to God. Today, we are God's prophets also, sent to witness to open the way of the Lord in this desert. And so that our friends will see Jesus and will come back home to our father's home. This is our mission. Jews at that time were not in exile in Egypt or in Babylon. They were in their own country, but were occupied by Romans. And this was a reminder that they had turned their backs to God. God had warned them, even from the time of Moses, that if they abandoned him, he will send them in exile. And this means that at the time of Jesus, Jews were far away from God. They were first exiled in sin, and then were occupied by Romans. So there is no coincidence that John the Baptist comes in the desert and calls the people out in the desert. They calls the people to repent. He calls them back to the desert, to the relationship they had with God in the time of Exodus. Repent means return to God, come back from exile, come to God's salvation, come to a new experience of God. But this is also a message. We are God's prophet, and we are in this desert, sent as witnesses to seed the gospel. Do you call people to repent, to turn back to God? Are you here on Signal Mountain with an important message to give? Remember, you are here on single mountain with an important message to give. If we stop proclaiming Christ, if we stop calling people to trust Jesus for their salvation, we condemn these people. And we forget who we are and what we're supposed to do. We are tragic figures here on this planet. Our job is not to complain about the government, about the state of our nation, but to call people to return to God to believe in Jesus, to repent from worshiping themselves, their wealth, their commodities, from other gods, back to the real God. We need to seed this desert. If we saw the gospel in this desert, it becomes a garden. I have seen many deserts. For example, of Iran to become a garden because a bible given to a young man Mountchurch his name a later student of mine in the bible school somebody saw a seed in the desert of turkey and this young man from iran had come in turkey for a football game with all his buddies his friends who were there in a bus but somebody gave him a bible this iranian man takes the bible without understanding what is that back home in his suitcase then he was the religious police at the border, found the Bible, he was thrown to prison. Next morning, the judge gives him an option. Either he will stay for life in prison or he will be exiled from the country. He took the second and he found himself in a flight to Athens. As soon as he arrives in Athens, he goes and to find some place where he can find this book, this Bible that he had never read, he didn't understand what it was, and for this reason, now he didn't have family, he didn't have a country, he had nobody. He found himself in the Bible society. And there he met a dear brother, an elder of our church, that is uh, from Egypt. So he was uh, Arab speaking so he spoke to him, and uh, he gave the Bible, he invited him the church. He found Christ. He came to the Bible school, we trained him, and he had a little church. and now uh, then, at that time, the fl- influx, we have an influx of Iranians, and we have every month, 20 people are coming to the Lord and we baptize them because of the preaching of this. Guy. Somebody showed a seed in Turkey. Just gave a Bible. And the result of it. A beautiful garden. I can tell you many stories like that. Another example is my friend Sotiri in Albania. Now he's a pastor in Sarande. When we had the collapse of communism, he swam from Tirana in Albania. To uh, Corfu, the whole the island. So in the night, he put grease in his body. He put his papers in a plastic bag and swam all around, all across Greece. The patrol could not see him in the night, so he survived. He was uh, very tired. He found there another Albanian and said, "Where I can find some help?" And they said, to, and he said to him, "Go to the evangelical church. This is the only people caring for for us." So he went there. He found a, a plate of food. Uh, he found a mattress. He found Christ. Somebody witnessed to him. He came to the Bible school. We trained him, and then we sent him uh, as a chess plant on Misaranda. Now it's a beautiful church there. Somebody gave him a plate, a mattress, the gospel, and you result. There is a garden that is growing for God's kingdom in this desert. We are here to seed the gospel. This is our calling. This is what we do, not only in the Bible school, but also in every church. We are a nursery, a small nursery uh, of new trees, new um, uh, plants for God's glory. This is our calling. We just sow seeds, and then we see the Lord growing and be blessed. So, you are called here, a signal mountain, to seed and sow with your witness until this desert becomes a garden. This is my first point. Let's move on. Because you are called here to single mountain to water the desert with your life until the desert becomes a forest. Not only a garden, but a forest. You see what happens in verse 5? The whole Judea countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. And they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made from camel hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came. From Nazareth to Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan, just as uh, Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heavens being torn open, and the spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven: "You are my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased and behold, the desert is full with people, the desert becomes a garden, becomes a forest. The prophet of the desert, with his calling out to a new exodus in the desert of repentance, he is blessed to see the desert full of people. Why he was blessed in such a way? I believe one of the reasons was that he was not only preaching the desert to the desert, but he was leaving the desert. He was leaving what he was preaching. Not only he preached his message, but he lived. He was the embodiment of the message. And this is a challenge for us. If we not only witness and we preach, but also we live with integrity what we believe. We see people being pulled by Christ into his kingdom. If we water this desert with our Christian living, we'll see this grow to become a forest. You live in this desert, the signal mountain. It's funny to call this place a desert because it's full of trees and a beautiful place. But spiritually, it's a desert. We, you live in this desert not only with an important message to give, but with a unique identity to live. You are God's children. We are God's children. Let us behave as such. Let us make our father pleased as his son makes him pleased. Our new identity as children of God is given to us from Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Only only upon Jesus' baptism, the voice of the Father was heard, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. How strange. The only one who pleased God died on the cross for the sins of all of us who never pleased God and who could never please God. How paradoxical. And exactly this is the gospel. This is the point. Why then Jesus was baptized since he didn't have sins to repent from? Dear brothers and sisters, you all know that baptism is a symbol of God's judgment. So Jesus with his baptism is pointing us to the cross. God's punishment for our sins. Jesus... With his baptism, is telling us that the only way to escape God's judgment is in repentance of our sins and to faith to him who died in our place. Jesus lived like us, in a world under the dominion of darkness, but he nevertheless completed his mission and lived his identity as a son of God. He stood his ground. He showed to us the heart of the Father, and he lived in such a way that even that Roman centurion he said at the end, truly this man is God's son. In contrast with him, we sometimes we forget who we are and how we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to live on this planet. And today Jesus is calling us to examine how we live. Do we live as God's children, as God's sons and daughters? Jews were sent to exile because they forgot the love of their youth, their fidelity to the Lord when they were following Him in the desert. In the early days, in the hard days, we were following Jesus. How about now? What became of our first love, the zeal that we had, the difficult days? Do you remember how the Lord warned the people in the Old Testament? Let me remind you. But I have been the Lord your God ever since you came out of Egypt. I cared for you in the wilderness, in the land of the burning heat. When I, I fed them, they were satisfied. And when they were satisfied, they became proud. And then they forgot me. So I will be like a lion to them. Like a leopard will lurk by their path. Like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will attack them and rip them open. Like a lion I will devour them. A wild animal will tear them apart. Are we in danger? No. Because exactly that has happened to Jesus. He paid those sins of us in the cross. You see, God's just punishment for our sins... He was there on the cross. The sins that we did before coming to faith, but also after coming to faith, Jesus paid for our failures as Christians. Jesus paid for our, our weaknesses as believers. He paid for our unfaithfulness as followers of Jesus. He paid for our mess. Do we live as a child of God? Do you live as a child of God? Yes, Christ paid for those sins. You have nothing to. To be afraid because Christ died for you. But what should be then your love and your response and your service to Him? Have you been satisfied and forgot Him? Many times I find myself there. Do I need the Father's discipline? How we should live as children of God in single mountain today. How we should live to see this desert become a forest. I have seen parts of the desert of Athens become a small forest. Chess plants for God's kingdom. Do you know how our chess plants vision started? It was exactly this day, uh, November 17th is our national riot day we have a lot of violence because it's the day that uh, we had a dictatorship and we overthrew the dictatorship with a, uh, you know many years ago back in uh, 1974 so every day that day we have a lot of riots uh, anarchist elements they are the burning and stuff and today probably will take place the same thing so it was one of these days that the riots came outside of our church Broke all our marbles, we have beautiful marbles outside, you know the steps, and they broke that, they have hammers, they broke that, and they smashed all our windows, and a piece of marble landed on top of the pulpit. It was a message, and our pastor helped us see the message. These people were crying out don 't you see' We are over here with no hope. Don't you care for us? And we do care for them. And we responded with a new vision for chess plans all about in Greece, and even the center of the anarchists. So we do care for them. This is why we had kids festival in that open square in Neoscosmos for many, many years. That is why we opened the community center, at 68, to their children and teens that they were going. Uh, while their parents were trying to make a living from dawn to dusk as economic immigrants from Albania. That is why we played with them, we tutored them in their uh, schools, in their lessons, and we befriended them when nobody else cared for them. That is why we opened a little church plant a few months ago where my son Eric is pastoring. And uh, he's watering there. He he has moved there in that area and he's living there with, with his wife. And he's watering this desert with his life, investing his life there. Two weeks ago, we had our first communion in that little church. Last week that I was there, Eric was explaining about the offering for the first time to these people. They have not just banked around, but now they found their place in God's kingdom. And they become their little forest that is growing by God's grace. We care for these people. We care for also for the unschooled gypsy children in Petaluda Education Center. We took them in to teach them how to read, how to write, how to know that God loves them. In spite of their colour, in spite of their economic condition, of their social alienation, God loves them. Jesus died for them. He wants them of their own, of his own. So Mark, my firstborn, serves there, invests his life to them and for the kingdom. And we see a little bit in that desert, in that desert of the Gypsy community, a small forest growing, a little seeds. You are called to the Signal Mountain to seed, to sow with your witness until this desert becomes a garden. You are called to Signal Mountain to water the desert with your lives until the desert becomes a forest. There is a third point I would like to mention. You are called to the Signal Mountain. To triumph in this desert against the devil until the desert becomes God's city. I verses 12 and 13. At once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. You see, God's declaration toward Jesus as his son did not finish his ministry. It's the beginning of his ministry. And so for us. Sometimes I hear beautiful testimonies, people how he came to the Lord, and they stop there. But what about today? What is going on now? How are we saving the Lord now? How his God is true in our lives today? You see, here, God's spirit does not allow Jesus to flee from the desert but he keeps him there to be tempted from Satan, to be tested by the presence of the wild animals and to receive the ministry of the angels. These 40 days were not the only days Jesus spent in desert, as we see in verse 13. He was going there often. The secret of victory in the desert is prayer, where we trust God and not in our strength. As I said that, as I say that, this convinces me, because I'm not the person of prayer I want to be. My wife is not me. When I fail in prayer, I simply fail in this desert. Are you failing in this desert? It's because you're failing in prayer. You trust in yourself, as I trust in myself, and not in God. This is not the first. Excuse me. This is the first time, of course, that Jesus here triumphs against the Satan, but it's not the last one. It's not the first. Uh, is the first time he is experiencing devil's animosity and his ministry, devils attacking him again and again. This is the first victory of Christ, and the last, which blew the devil apart, is the victory over death after his sacrificial death for us. Jesus is a stronger warrior that op- overpowered Satan to set us free. Now, with his grace, we can have victory over the devil and over the temptations why then we are so powerless to resist the devil why john the baptist said that jesus is going to baptize us with the holy spirit this is true when we come in faith we get the holy spirit he makes us new people and we have his help to our spiritual lives but this calls upon experiential verification is this true for you brother is true for you sister is true for me Do you really depend on the Holy Spirit to live in this desert and to be victorious? The Holy Spirit is our helper if we ask Him, if we trust Him, if we seek His help. The Holy Spirit is the down payment for His kingdom until His kingdom comes. And the Holy Spirit is the only hope we have not to keep losing the battles, but to have triumph over the devil. Do you depend on the Holy Spirit for your battles? In the desert. Mark here in his gospel emphasized two elements that we don't find in any other place. The beasts, the wild animals that point to the animosity of the desert, and the angels that highlight the divine empowerment we have in the desert. Well, in Greece and here in the United States, you can find many wild animals. Some with ties and suits, behind desks. Some in Greece now with head covering, uh, smashing the city. Beasts of violence, of bribes, of theft, of exploitation, of corruption, of anarchism, of lies, of hypocrisy. Beasts that sometimes appear like saviors. Beasts sometimes that make us want to leave our countries. We have that in Greece also. But for Jesus, the desert was also a source of blessing, as angels serving him. Even for Israel, in the harsh desert of Exodus, they experienced God's blessing. So we too. We can live in Greece or the United States under God's protection, God's provision, under God's blessing. In the desert, we can experience God's refreshment. In the hardness and the difficulties, we can see God's hand. You have seen it in the past, and you can see it now. God wants us not to have water in order to water us from a stone, from a rock. God wants us not to have bread to feed us with manna. Yes, today we are in the trials of the desert of trials, of difficulties. But God's purpose is good, is to bless us. God's purpose is great. So, dear brother, do not be intimidated by the beasts. Do not lose heart on the face of trials. Do not fear temptations. God's angels are all around you to protect you. Whatever you face, in our situation, our context, but in yours, whatever you face, unemployment, danger, abandonment, sickness, grief, what is that? The angels are next to you to hold you. I could tell you many stories of difficulties. I can name wild beasts and animals and uh, angels when I had Erasmus open heart surgery as a one-year-old baby. I can name wild beasts and uh, angels when I was arrested and charged for proselytism. I can name many beasts and angels. Adina's experience establishing Damaris' house. But I will not do that because you have your own experiences. I will not tell you the story of Rita, a girl at Damaris' house presently. She's young. She's not aged. She was just a girl. Um, At her country in, uh, in the Arabic world, I will not name it when she was raped by a relative. Parents would not believe her. When they found out that she was not virgin, uh, the mother took her over in Turkey, tried to marry her with an old man who was a trafficker. Um, she had very hard, very hard experiences. And... Um, Finally, she made it to Lesbos, uh, the refugee camp. Uh, many wild beasts. I can show you. can The guy who went after her, her mom, uh, other people that gave her hard time. I will not even name all these wild animals. She made there three attempts <coughs> against her life. And there the angels start appearing. First of all, it was the doctor. The second attempt, as she recovered from the day's attempt, said, Look, it's absolutely a miracle of God that you live today. I could not believe that you will make it this time. So it's the first time said, God's miracle, God's cares for me, it was the first angel. After, the, the, after a few nights, she was crying at the gate, and there was another angel, the gatekeeper. It was another Christian. Who saw her crying, said, Why are you crying? Said, This is what happened to me. I said, yes, but God loves you and He has a good plan for you. He wants to bless you. And she led you to Christ. Other angels around here expediate the paperwork, so will find herself very soon at Damaris' house and find the love and the warmth of the Christian fellowship and become a Christian and get baptized. And now she's a new person with a new hope and all the past is gone. Yes, we are in a desert. Yes, we are facing wild beasts, but also angels are next to us to bless us and help us and encourage us. So, dear brother, dear sister, who are you? You are a prophet. You are a child of God. You are a soldier. Where are you? You are on a single mountain, but spiritually is a desert. What are you doing? You have an important message to give. You have a unique identity to live. You have a fearsome enemy to fight. But you need to stay in the desert. You need to be victorious in the desert. If we left the place of God wants us because of difficulties, we need to return because God wants us there and wants to be victorious. Let us fight in the desert in such a way that the desert becomes a place of blessing. Until Jesus comes back to bring his kingdom, until he makes this desert a paradise, be his prophet, witness. Be his child, live. Be his warrior, fight. Then, and only then, you will see your personal desert spring flowers and Sigla mountain have new plants and trees. And this will be God's miracle. I will close with Prophet Isaiah, chapter 41, verses 17. The poor and needy search for water, and there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys i will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs i will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia tree and the myrtle and the olive tree so that people may see and know may consider and understand that the hand of the lord has done it The Lord, the hand of the Lord has done this, that the only one of Israel, that the Holy One of Israel, He has created. He is the only one who can turn this desert into these plants, into a garden, into a forest, in God's city. Why at this time would not seek the Lord to water our thirst? To water our thirst desert from his fresh water. Please, brothers and sisters. Fulfill your call as I try to fulfill mine. Fulfill your call here in Signal Mountain. Seeds with your witness until this desert—desert, desert, sorry, sorry—becomes a garden. Water this desert with your lives until this desert becomes a forest. Fight in the desert against the devil until this, this desert becomes God's city. Seed, water, fight, until this desert becomes garden, a forest, God's city, that everyone may see and know that the hand of the Lord has done it.